Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and it's one, two, three beers you're out at the old ball game. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week again we are joined from a friend who came a while back when we were uh, at the McKellar Brewing Place. This is our friend Eli. Hi there. Thanks for having me back. Hi Eli. And we are back again at the McKellar NYC Tap Room to talk about another baseball book. Mm-hmm. This time... The Natural by Bernard Malamud. So it's we, about not having implants. So The Natural is a book about baseball, and as we talked about last time, uh, you know, a while ago, uh, McKellar NYC is at City Field, or if you're a Mets fan, you refer to it as Shitty Field, probably because you call it Shea Stadium. Yeah, Shea Stadium. <laughs> It'll always be Shea. It is always Shea. Never forget. And they uh, have allowed us back to talk about our fucking dumb shit that we do. <laughs> <laughs> baseball. I don't know how. So let's start with a beer, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pick. Uh, I, I started pouring this one. This is. That one that Nate has. It's called Black Hole, which... Um, <laughs> so this is from McKellar, but this is actually out of their European brewery. So McKellar is really just one guy who kind of thinks of shit, apparently. And there is... Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah, fuck it. It's, it's more your thing than mine, so you, you enjoy it. So McKellar is uh, one guy named Mick- Mickle, apparently. We still have no clarification on how to say the name of this brewery. Uh, McKellar... Mickler. And, um, you know, it's, I talked to my wife about this. It, someone had corrected me and said, actually, it's McKellar. I was like, oh, okay. But after Fuck saying them. it enough times, my wife, who is not a huge beer fan, but she's a long-suffering fan of the show, she just says Mickler, and she, we, we both just tacitly refuse to, like, say the other one's way, but, like, try to correct each other. That sounds about right, yeah. So she'll be like, yeah, so you're doing that thing at Mickler? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to McKellar tomorrow night. And she's like, yeah, you like that Mickler stuff, right? Just needling each other yeah, back and oh forth. Oh, yeah. Marriage is wonderful. So this is Mickler <laughs> Euro. Uh, so it's made over in, I guess, Denmark. And it is called Black Hole. It is an imperial stout with vanilla and honey. And it is 13.1% alcohol. Not the strongest thing we're going to drink today. Yikes. This is a strong smell. It smells way more intense than it tastes. It's really like Yeah, I'd out. agree with that. Yeah. See that. Yeah. That's a thousand percent true. I don't get the honey flavor, but I don't think you would with something that looks, there's a big, intense stout. Probably just get sugar from the honey to make it stronger. Because honey is 100% fermentable. Because it's bee vomit. <laughs> but so tasty. Oh, yeah. I mean, like vomit. They're bee lemic. <laughs> uh, the vanilla is... I, I'm, not, I'm not getting that very strong either, I should say. It, it tastes kind of like a stout. The smell is intense as fuck. But it, the taste is not. It's weird. I, I will say this. It definitely masks the 13.1% alcohol. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. It's strong, but it doesn't taste that intense. So uh, I'll re- forget everything after this point. This shit will knock you up. <laughs> so The Natural, which was made into a movie starring Robert Redford. A much nicer movie. A book published in the f- like 53 or something like that? Something like that. And it was Bernard Malamud's first novel, who would later go on to win a Pulitzer Prize and two National Book Awards. Not for this, though. Ni- none for this. And then um, it's about, it's about uh, a guy named Roy Hobbs who is an aspire? or the way the book opens up, he's an aspiring baseball player on a train to go meet a scout? Well, not meet no, a scout, he's with to try a scout, out. He's but he's, go try d- out. he's going to try out for a major league team. He's with his friend Sam. And Sam is a scout. Yeah. Right? But he's also an alcoholic mess. Right, that too. He's a, short, he's a short-lived character. Well, spoiler. Literally. Well, the book takes place, and the majority of the book takes place, I guess, in the 40s or 50s. It's not really super clear. Well, most of the book takes place 15 years later. Right, so the, the scene with the scout is like the 30s, because there's a clearly fictional Babe Ruth character. That's right. That they meet, the, the, was it Walter the Whammer or something the like that? The Whammer. The Whammer. Whammy! Whammy. <laughs> That's exactly so. what I was thinking. <laughs> it's uh, Anchorman. Right, yes, yes. <laughs> Whammy! 
So, uh, so they're, on, they're on the train, and then they stop at a carnival or at a circus or something like that. Like, the train stops. That's what trains did back in the day. And everybody has hours oh, to just thing. kill. Oh, a Let's look at this thing. Yeah, because, you know, people don't have any place to go. Right. So, anyway, that's not why they're on the train. So, they stop at this carnival, and they, through some conversation or some bet, they said, I bet I can strike you out. And it's... Uh, I bet I can, I bet I can strike you out in three pitches. Right. Well, Roy is like having this tear at one of the carnival uh, shows, right? And he's he's mm-hmm. oh, he's, he's fucking up the knock over the bottles game, right? And then the whammer messes up his game, and that gets under his skin. Well, I thought it would also like didn't, yeah, he like shit talks him, and then that's right. They they stopped. They got tired of giving him prizes, and the prizes were like ridiculous. It was like so he won a stuffed bear and a harmonica and a washboard and a lobster, <laughs> and like, a bunch of bullshit. He wins, and then they the. The proprietor is like, all right, how about now you just get kisses from my fat daughter? <laughs> he's like, all right, I'll take those. <laughs> this is from a fat carny bitch, which he hates because we find out he doesn't like chubby. He's not. A, he's not a, a elephantine enthusiast. <laughs> not a chaser. He's not a uh, porky poker. So he <laughs> then gets you know peeved from the whammer, and then is like, well, I'll show you whammer. I will strike you on three pitches, which he dramatically does, and the whammer is like. Making some bullshit excuses, but it's clear Roy Hobbs has got the juice. But there's also there's a lady on the train, Harriet, and she's hot as and shit. And he's desperately trying to stick it in her, but she won't let him because Any he's hole. not the best baseball player. Just like black hole, any hole, uh, he will want to be sucked into <laughs> any of her holes, but she won't do it because she wants to fuck the whammer because he's the best baseball player. And she won't even give Roy the time of day until he strikes out the whammer, and then she's all up on his fucking dick. And then she, and then he tweaks her nipple. As at the one, train bar, yeah. as one does <laughs> to a lady he just met on a train. It was the yeah. 30s. This guy had no game. He, I don't know how he... He was a rapist. I mean, Yeah, it was he, pretty much like, uh, like I'm just going to jump straight to sexual assault. He was the uh, attorney general of... Uh, <laughs> I was trying to steal second. Nice. Ah, oh. Wow. <laughs> that's, called, that's still called sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> that's still a crime. <laughs> it's, it's 100% a crime. Affirmative consent. And uh, he is the Harvey Weinstein of baseball. And he's trying... Every woman he in the He wasn't going to give her a job. <laughs> he was hoping she'd give him a different kind of job, actually. <laughs> so he goes up to her, and he's like, hey, I like baseball. Can I touch your boobies? And then she's like, who the fuck are you? And then he touches her tits anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, though, as he touches them after he strikes out the whammer. Right. Excuse me. And then because this book was written in the 50s, she's all like, oh, that was great. Thanks for tweaking me. Because yeah. every woman in this book is just a caricature of a dumb bitch. Uh, and then later that night at the hotel, she they calls him the up. Hotel, yeah. She calls him. She calls his room and like, why don't you go uh, down she here? Telegraphs him because it's eight fucking hundred years ago. <laughs> she sends a <laughs> messenger pigeon. <Yeah. laughs> she sends him her. She sexes him with a daguerreotype. <laughs> he gets there four days later. Uh, gets to her room and with a soup can on a string. <laughs> she's <laughs> like, hey, are you the best baseball player there's ever going to be? No, and she, he's like, fuck yeah. No, she's like, what? Why do you want to play baseball? And it's like. He can't just say, because I like baseball. He's like, because I want to be the best. The best there ever was. I want to be Pokemaster. And <laughs> I want to catch all of them. You're going to catch them all. <laughs> you guys don't know Poke- That's the Pokemon song. And then she and says, yeah, and then shoots him And then dances around his body naked and kills herself, I think? Yeah, yeah, and killed herself. I, yeah. Oh, really? Something like that. Right? right? Which is fucked up. She could have let him I hit I don't remember, it. actually. I know she shoots him. And then that's the that end. was the important part. She's right? dancing around him naked. But like she never comes back in the book. That's right. She, she Either she's locked up in jail or she's dead. You don't get much explanation, though. You never even Not know why come, she did it. It just happened. Okay. She just wanted to shoot the best. And that was sort of based on a real event, right? Yeah, I don't know the guy's name or any of the real details, but there it was... was it, was a guy, it was some lady was stalking 
a guy on a Baseball team. Man. I forget what he was. I forget his name, too. And she was talking to him, and she you know, invited him down to the room, and she shot him. He got better, and he was fine and played for a few years. Roy did not. But readers of, the, of 1952 would know this story enough not to think about how fucking weird it was. Things were looking really dark for Roy at that point, and that's where our next beer comes in. We've actually had a, vari- a variation of this. We've had a different vintage of this. We had this for uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. This is Black by McKellar Europe. But this is the 2014 vintage. So this is, this is aged. aged. And um, it is an imperial style. This is, I think, the strongest thing we'll have today. It's 16.8% alcohol. That has bite. Mm. Wow, it's really oh strong. Oh, my God. Good yeah. Lord. It's like a significant ash component in there. Yeah, very. Wow. Though I've had this brand new bottled or can- and canned, actually. It is mellowed out significantly. This is mellow? Yeah. Jesus. What? By it's they, like getting kicked in the they, face with a cinder block. They <laughs> sell uh, bottles and cans to go here, and they actually have it on the shelf currently. You buy a bottle of it. It is a I don't want a bottle thing. of that. It's, oh it's, my God. It's, that's intense. I mean, I, I, it's probably not the right weather to do this. This is our 4th uh, our of July-themed uh, America episode. This would be great in like the dead of winter when if you're you dying to, of frostbite. If you need to keep warm to live. Hypothermia. It's an... Yeah, that's how that works. This is uh, one of the stronger flavored beers I've ever had. Yeah, it is. It's almost too much. I think the story is like the guy, when he made it, he wanted to make like the darkest color beer, the most bitter beer. So pro- I don't know exactly how it's made. It's fucking extreme. Say, what, yeah, what would make it darker than so, so So believe it or not, when you make... all the joy out of it. When you make any sort of beer, any dark colored beer, you start with a base that is largely a light colored green. So the, the color of green, I mean, it's all virtually the same green. There's a couple different types of greens, but there are different darknesses based on how it's roasted, how okay. much it's roasted. Even if you make a dark beer, typically, the majority of those greens are still lighter colored beers because the darker one gives you the color, but it also gives you like that roasted bitterness okay. that could come off as like chalky or ashy or sometimes you know, also positively coffee or chocolate flavors. So I would imagine that they use a much higher proportion of dark roasted things for this. Okay. So, for example, I know one Imperial Stout that uh, uh, a commercially available Imperial Stout for a five-gallon batch might uh, this what I'm thinking of uh, uses 25 pounds of grain, and like five of them are dark roasted things. So one fifth of it is that that makes enough to make it dark, chocolate, coffee kind of flavors, uh, a bit of like a, a stringency from the, the burnt bit bitterness flavor. This probably has a much higher proportion than that. Is my guess. And it probably is a little more aggressively hopped in the forefront of the boil to give it more of a hop bitterness, too. Though this is a few years old, so that, that's probably the thing that's mellowed. Nah. So it's 11 on everything. Big time. Exactly. Yeah. This one is extreme in every way. I mean, I like it. It's interesting. It's intense. It is very intense. So Roy then can't play baseball. And, well, you don't really know that, but like then it's just... You, just, you don't. It, it so, the, so literally, the book jumps to 15 years later. And Roy is finally basically showing up for to play or to basically start with the New York Knights. The shittiest team in baseball. The shittiest team in well, baseball. Well, the Mets hadn't been invented yet. That's true. <laughs> the Yankees. So literally, this team does kind of represent the Mets because the Yankees are definitely a thing. Well, it's probably, it's probably the Mets like the, weren't invented uh, the yet, Dodgers though. So. Or some shit. Because the Mets weren't a thing for 20 more years? Yeah. 1962. So the book then next, next, page, next page picks up 15 years later. Where Roy Hobbs is finally, you don't, you never really find out what he was doing in those intermediate fifteen years. I mean, he mentions a little bit, he but anyway, he tweaking fl- he nipples. Flopped. He did. He tweaked a lot of nipples, but it, later I'm on he mentions sure that he, he, did, he that, just yeah. he fucked up. He flopped out like he lost his mojo, his which you know, getting shot mojo. might do. But I guess I don't know. Uh, and then so he's on this on this fictional baseball team in New York that are bad. And at first, the coach 
is like a real asshole. No, no, you're not going to play. Pop Fisher. Like, Pop Fisher, yes, that is his name. And then eventually, and because, you know, they already have players at the position he was going to play, which is what? Outfield? Third base? Right field? He plays right field? the outfields. Outfield. One of those I forget which one. So, yeah, and he's going to play, and then eventually he gets a chance because the guy who was playing that position, whose name is Bump. Fuckface. Bump Bailey? So. He's a douchebag. He's, yeah, he's, he's a hot dogger. But he's a guy who's, who, like, mails it in as a player, but just wants to play pranks on people. He also, well, he's, he, he mails it in as a fielder, but he's the best hitter in right. the league. He's, like, the best, but he doesn't give a fuck about fielding, and also the rest of the team is mediocre, so the team itself sucks. Yeah, it was a great so, right fielder is not going to make a difference. At one point, uh, so then at some point, uh, a couple days after Roy Hobbs joins the team, um, the coach benches Bump because he's just mailing it in. He refused to hustle. Doing, yeah, he's refused to hustle. He's just not trying very hard. So like, okay, Hobbs, go in. So he, he goes and he bats and immediately, he immediately, he hit, said, not only he said hey man, run, knock the cover off the ball. Yeah, he hits, he a, hits a triple. Yeah, because so, they rule it a triple because the guys can't throw it back because the cover's been knocked off and it's in pieces. Yeah, he hits the, 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 the outside out, off the ball, and somebody tells him to do that, and then he does it right there. Because uh, America. And then they were like, hey, and Roy, when you're done, give me a blowjob. And he's like, well, you told me to do that, too. That's how it works. America. <laughs> Guy follows through. And he master, handle, and master handles balls. the balls well. Hey, Roy, suck the cover off these balls. <laughs> <laughs> suck them through a hose. And he's using his uh, homemade bat. Oh, right. Yes, yeah. that's important. This bat that he made when he was a kid and <laughs> carries pure, around. Pure ash, pure mountain ash or some bullshit. I don't know. And that carries was struck by lightning. Yeah. And carries around in a bassoon case. Man, I'm going to tell you something. Bassoon, like, I don't know exact, the exact dimensions of a baseball bat, but I mean, I've seen one in Heldo in my life. Bassoons fold up. Like, they come apart. Maybe oh, they didn't in the, maybe they did in the like old days. Not that long. No, they did. Bassoons. You, do you know how big an assembled bassoon is? It is a. It is the stupidest fucking instrument in the world. The bassoon, by the way, well, not a modern it, one, right? I mean, di- how is it different from a bass clarinet? They are not significantly different. It's a double reed. It's, it's it's the clown of the orchestra. It's the same thing. It's literally the bassoon it, it's is the retarded. Bass weasel. It is the stupidest instrument. <laughs> Fun fact: Do you know what the Italian word for bassoon is? It's fagotti. So <laughs> in scores. When you go to like the second page where they abbreviate everything, it just says fag. Oh, I thought you meant scores the strip club. No, well, no. we're not talking. You know what? When I was younger, I always thought that was one of those SAT prep places. <laughs> that is like irony because they didn't do well on the. <laughs> you're working at scores. We don't know no that perfect, they didn't. <laughs> no perfect. Uh, what, what's the perfect score? Now? 16. 16. No, 1600. I think it's 2400 now. No, they, they changed. They, they yeah, back down. Oh, good. So there's a. Uh, they realized that was a terrible mistake. and They brought it back to 16. But then they changed the thing about wrong answers not counting or something like that. Oh, who the fuck knows? They changed something else. Yeah. Do not take SAT prep from the Drunk Guys Book Club. We did probably all right. I did pretty good. Yeah, I did all right. Yeah, but clearly we don't know what we're talking about anymore. Answer the questions right. Prep over, bitch. (laughs) Musical scores, you said? So a musical score, like an orchestral score, uh, on like page one, you know, it'll say next to each line, violin one, violin two, flute one, whatever. And and if it's an Italian score, they'll be in Italian. So most of the instruments in Italian have similar names, but for whatever reason, the Italian word for bassoon, I mean, the reason is fagotti, like faggot. Because it looks because, like a long dick. Because it looks like a bundle of <laughs> sticks, which is another archaic word for faggot, or archaic definition for faggot. But then on the subsequent pages, they'll abbreviate it, and it just says fag. So when I was in orchestration class in college, I was like, Professor, uh, why, why is the fag playing the, uh, the, the seventh of the chord here? <laughs> What's the fag, Professor? He's like, that's the bassoon. Oh. 
He's the one that cups the notes. <laughs> that was the thing. But the bassoon he plays all the notes from folds behind. up. So the point is that like, you can't fucking fit a baseball case, <laughs> a, a baseball bat in a, in a thing. A trombone would have been way, way more sense, actually. I, mean, I got to use that music degree whenever I can. It's fucking, <laughs> it I, I, finally I, came through I played right the bassoon now. once in my life. It is a stupid instrument. It is, it is the dumbest thing in the world. It was like designed by uh, like if you explain to an alien how instruments work, they'd be like like this. I guess I, I guess I've never seen one. It's bullshit. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Though. It is a stupid thing. It's it's a, it's like the only it's the only woodwind that has like a lightish wood color to it, like a reddish wood color. And you have to like hold it's oh it's it's so dumb. So are you a sucker if you play the bassoon? You no, you know you're fucking. Well, first of all, nobody plays it. So if you're actually halfway decent, you get some nice scholarship money thrown your way. Oh, but no. bassoons are extremely expensive. So, like, any other instrument, you could buy a cheap, shitty version of that instrument, like a made-in-China plastic version of a clarinet for, like, 300 bucks, 200 bucks. whereas a good clarinet's $1,000. The shitty, made-in-China, shittiest uh, bassoon you could buy is over $2,000. What? So, prof- it's a hard like, thing prof- to break into. Professional bassoonists, like, play $40,000 instruments. So, not a public school instrument. Definitely not. Unless you happen to be at a school that bought one in 1968 and hasn't lost it. Like, you'll see them occasionally. Like, some schools, like, have it in their closet, probably. But it's not an instrument anybody plays. Okay. So if you play it, you are, you know, a fucking total herb. But, <laughs> you know, it's a smart move because there's like a million people play the flute. There's only one sucker that plays the, you know, the, the is, it, is it like the, uh, the fuck is that thing called? The oboe of the woodwind well, world? The, the oboe is also a double reed. <laughs> they e- are equally rare? Uh, even, probably even more rare than the oboe. Is even more rare. Because the oboe at least is smaller. And if you could play, it has very similar fingerings to the flute and the clarinet. It's similar. I know someone will say that it's not that similar, but they're pretty darn close. Pretty close. Fun fact. When I played uh, oboe in my college class to learn how to play the oboe, uh, I got drunk before the final. I didn't get drunk, but I had a few beers. <laughs> and an oboe is like a natural amplifier for beer breath. So when you're like <laughs> blowing into the oboe, like just this cloud of beer smell was emanating from the instrument. And someone was like, D- talked about to one of my friends, like, that guy reeks of alcohol. <laughs> I was like, I had three beers. It's not a big deal. Like, the oboe just amplifies beer smell. Where were we? And sorry, I just <laughs> had to ask something. Jimmy, remind us how many music degrees you have. I have, uh, I have one performance degree, and I have a <laughs> business degree. Right. But so neither of them are in woodwinds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure. Thanks, state music education system. It was, it was a private school. I know. But I actually knew about what a bassoon was. That you did? Bitch! Bass weasel. <laughs> That's the best way <laughs> so to describe it. So Wonder Boy lives in a bassoon case. Which is stupid, because it wouldn't fit. But he carries it around with him. Maybe he dissembles, too. Also, bassoons are expensive. Like, how did he just, like, let me just buy the case? <laughs> it's not the kind of thing that that many people have bassoons. They're like, I need an extra case, just in case. Uh-huh. Um, if you buy a bassoon case, there's usually a bassoon inside of it. Like, how did he get that case? That was what I was thinking of most of the book. <laughs> <laughs> most of the book, you're wondering about the case. I, well, because I couldn't really understand That's the, the most. This is the most unrealistic. I'm blowing part of the, the book. Ex- I'm blowing right the book. We wide left open. out. We left out one part of the prologue, where in the the showdown between he and Whammer, the Whammer, the Whammer, Why, I mean, his friend Sam is catching. And in the final pitch, he hits Sam in the chest, and then Sam dies. <laughs> he, he throws like so a, he hard that Sam as like de- a fake catcher's. He wears like there was like a metal plate or a tray. It's, it's like a washboard for playing yeah. hillbilly music. It's probably the washboard he won at the yeah, fucking that's exactly thing. What it is. And then he dies from being pitched at so that hard. That guy liked our joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and then Sam dies, and that's the end of that. That was just a throwaway. That's really weird. Yeah, and then he never comes back. Also, mm-hmm. when he comes back, he's a fielder and not a pitcher. Yeah, he never pitches again. Because he killed his friend. 
Yeah, but they don't even explain they that. Like that would make it. sense if it was like I can never pitch again because I killed my friend. Not since the accident. It never, never mentions. It's just like oh, now he plays left field. Or it's just never addressed. It's just like boom, that throwaway thing that doesn't come back. All he wants to do it, but and he's also the best batter ever, which is kind of interesting because most pitchers are known for shitty batting. Back in Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, yeah. Back when it was just a bunch of fat white guys in the '30s smoking cigars on the field. Well, yeah, it overlaps a little bit better. Pretty athletic. I know, like Babe Ruth looks like a fat fucker at the end of his career, but he's actually a pretty impre- incredible athlete. In his, in his Sorry, but like the the standards by which they are held to today are very different. Well, no, but, uh, well, the guys just all they do is learn how to pitch. Back then, it was like, can you throw a ball good? You're a pitcher. Sure. I mean, the now game it's like, were you raised from pitching from the age of six in the Dominican Republic? See, there you Mundia. go. You're a pitcher. <laughs> Maybe you're <Yeah>. a pitcher. <laughs> But the game changed a lot since then. Also, like the f- size of the field is different, the height of the pitching mound, the, the like, height of the height and size of the people. Well, yeah, certainly people Steroids are bigger. Steroids are a hell of a drug. But like, yeah, true. But back then, like the whole atmosphere of baseball was different too, and it was still rather amateurish. In like that, they were paid pretty poorly. A lot of guys had to do actual jobs in the offseason. Yeah, they all had like regular jobs, and they played baseball sometimes. Or if you if you um, or they'd like play in like weird minor league things in the interseason times some there were like leagues for just women and some guys would just wear wigs and play in those <laughs> leagues like that's a real like the younger guys like they pretend they didn't have a beard or something They're like i'm gonna go play in the gals league and then they'd take a fucking buggy to the game or sleep in a boxcar and get there <laughs> it was it was different it was a different were, vibe yeah i mean the if roy hobbs gets hired he's paid three thousand dollars a for year the season which is low we prorated well i think it was five thousand prorated down to three is that what it was yeah okay. yeah but he's, yeah, he's getting prorated for a five-grand season in 1950-something, which was, like, shitty for baseball money, but, like, also not great for just anyone's money. No. What's the next part of the book? Uh, where Bump dies. Oh, yeah. So they're at the game, and then he gets replaced. Bump gets replaced because he's not hustling. And then, like, a few days later... He gets to go back in. Bump is like, oh, I've got to try. He hustles too hard. He hustles too hard. Because when he goes to for a catch, you know, on the outfield, he literally slams his head into the... He slams his, like, whole being. His whole body. soul into the wall. Into the wall and dies. It's like a Wrigley Field type outfield. Everyone in this book dies very easily. People are very fragile, yeah. It's like, he got hit in the chest by a ball. Fucking died. He ran into a wall. He's dead. Yeah, but conveniently, when Bump is dead, that leaves his widow... Free. It's not Was his they, widow. They weren't or married. girlfriend? It's, they weren't married? No, no, no. He, she, she was in love with him. What was her name? Uh, Memo. Memo, yeah. Memo is the niece of Pop Fisher, the coach, and she is in love with Bump. They banged once, and then he tossed her aside because he's the best baseball player in the world. He's like, whatever. I can fuck other people. Roy, yeah. hit, Roy hit that, too. He never did. He, no, he did. He, he never it. did. He never did. Didn't, wasn't one of Bump's tricks where Roy... Stood in his place, or or no, no, no. He he sent him down to his room, and he walked into the room, and that's how he met Memo. He walked into the room, and Memo was like, ah, and he was like, oh shit, wrong room. And he went to another room, but he never ever got with her. Oh, I thought he did. But Memo is in love with Bump, and Bump was like, fuck off. But uh, luckily, Roy is into Memo, even though he never tries. And the whole book is him trying to bang Memo by being yeah, the best baseball player. That's way more of the book than practically even the baseball. Yeah, it's part. just like if I keep hitting well. Eventually, Memo will touch my penis hole. But Memo doesn't. She doesn't so want him. he gets all depressed, and then he, then he can't hit a baseball at all. He goes, into, he, slump. Like, yeah. he goes into a major slump and doesn't have even a single hit. It's, it's a weird thing. Well, he, he goes into a slump after a really hot streak. 
So he establishes himself. He as becomes the, like the new hot thing, right? So he he replaces Bump physically, like on the on the roster. But then also Bump is dead. He's dead. Uh, but then he he performs well. I mean, he brings the team back together. They they start winning games together as a team. They start feeling like a they team. start being contenders for the actual championship, right? So then Pop's also like really inspired by this. All and Pop wants to do is win the pennant once, and then he can retire. But then yeah, from chasing Memo, he uh, he hits a slump because she won't fuck him. Yeah, pretty much. And so, and then after a really long slump, and I don't see... Okay, here's one criticism of baseball. I'm clearly not much of a baseball fan. The season is so long that somebody can be doing really, really well, and then basically they can do really, really well, and then they can stop doing well, and then suddenly the team is either, like, not doing... And it makes no difference about whether the team, like, is a winning team or not. Like, why is it that one person doing well? Well, generally, can totally one person generally shouldn't make it that difference. But in the context of this book, the rest of the team is pretty good, but okay. But they don't do well because they are of low morale. And then once he starts doing good, they all like, oh, shit, we're doing good. And they start doing better. Right. And he's literally 90% of the offense of this team. He, why is it that when one person goes into a slump, that means the team not only does really badly, but yet they can still come back from that? I mean, there are so many. Well, I mean, games it's, it's like in it's, the it's baseball. Like the season. thing is, like I read, a, I read a thing a while ago about how there is no really, there's there are slumps, but it's really just the law of averages. Like you're good or you're not yeah. good, and over time, over the course of 162 fucking games, you're gonna have parts where you're doing good, parts where you're doing bad. So you'll go into slumps and you'll do hot streaks, but overall, you'll do well or not well. And listen, a slump can be, you know, 10 at bats that you know, you can't get a hit. 14 yeah. at bats. That's really only like. Four games, five People games. are exceptionally fickle. Which is a but small percentage. It seemed like Roy's slump was a lot longer than that. At least that's what it felt like to me. It, it was meant to be. It, it, it kind of went back both ways. It seemed like a tremendous amount of time, but then they would be, when they'd throw numbers at you, it really wasn't right. that long. The, the standings didn't change that much. They were still in the race. There was still a lot of the season left all, to go. Everybody's within a few games of each other right. in the standings and all that shit. So we're going to have this beer? We'll have this beer. This is, we had a... Uh, the counterpart to this, this is Mickler and other halves, all royal everything, double IPA with Idaho 7, Amarillo, Mosaic, and Citra. This is the Queen's edition. Queen's! You guys drank it already? I already drank mine, yeah. I thought we already did this oh, one. Yeah. I forgot we didn't talk about it. I don't remember what this one was like. It has like a nice... It's nice, though. Like a, it's a little buttery. It's mellow. It's like a pineapple kind of flavor in there. Could be. I, I noticed that. I noticed the pineapple on the other one. Something, yeah. something tropical. Crushable? It's very nice. Uh, not, is it crushable? 10% not crushable. Oh, 10% wow. shit. No, okay, definitely not. No, that's, you'll die. But, I mean... You'll be crushed. If it wasn't 10%, then maybe. Yeah, it's really good. So we're up to sl- the slump. Well, so, kind of hopping around. We're up to the slump, and then we're just t- going to talk about how we break the slump. Did we? Okay, yeah. But we all, you know, there's... It's... A lot of shit happens back and forth, so it's kind of hard to like just narrow down what happens when. But well, he also meets the, he meets the bookies and oh yeah, yeah. Gus was it one-eyed Gus, Gus. one-eyed mm-hmm. Gus, the master of betting, yeah. and he does magic tricks to fuck him up. It's a very weird book. It is. It's yeah. very weird. It feels almost like he's saying everything like it was a vaudeville show. There's a guy comes up to Roy and he's like, "Listen, my kid's dying of something, oh, and yeah. I promised him you'd hit a home run for him." This or is something this like is that. basketball too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just as famous as the natural. And Roy, I was like, "Why did you promise him that?" He's like, "Cause I'm, you know, I panicked and I don't want my kid to die or something." And then he's like, "Oh, all right." This is Coop Cooper. He'll hit three home runs for you. <laughs> so then. <laughs> basketball <laughs> so then he's, at, he's like swings and misses and whiffs it 
for the first eight innings in the game. And then the kid dies. And then it's, <laughs> he's like, all right, I don't have to fucking do that now. No, but at the end of the, the ninth inning, it's like dramatic, right? Isn't it like two outs, like down by one, there's a guy on base sort of thing. And then some woman just stands up in the stands and is like looking. In a white dress. And yeah. And she's, she could be good looking. It's not clear yet. She's far away. But he's like, there's a lady and she's just standing. And he's like, she has confidence in Roy Hobbs. I'd better hit this ball so I can fuck her. <laughs> the guy likes to fuck the biddies. So he doesn't ever get to. Well, he never really get. Uh, very rarely one. does he get to. This one he does. But he spends a whole book. He spends a whole book trying to fuck Memo, and she won't. Fuck because she's Memo. so she's so sad that Bump is dead, which is you know fair. It's fair. Now, did he fuck Memo in the beginning of the book, though? No, he he did not. But like, that's what I thought. I thought I he don't did. Think so, because no, like, no, no, he walked. Bump. It was a, it was one of Bump's jokes where he's like, "This is my room. Let's trade rooms for the night because I got to bang a lady in your room." Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and then he sends her down. He sends him down to a room, and he walks into the room. And Memo's there, like, naked. Like, oh, shit! And, he, and she realizes it's the wrong room. And Bump's room is, like, next door. It's on another floor. Yeah, he's just... Bump is just trying to fuck with him. He does not fuck Memo. All right, but he sees, he sees everything, and he's just like, I gotta get that ginger bush. And he's just constantly, constantly pining to fuck the Memo. The whole season is just like, if I keep hitting well, I can eventually bang her. If I hit the ball, I can hit that. That's, that's, that's how it works, right? Yeah, that's science. Yeah. I'll be pitching it to her. <laughs> right down the middle of them game titties. Theory. <laughs> yeah. It's game theory. Game theory. <laughs> So, chaos theory. He <laughs> so uh, after he, after the woman stands up in the stands with the one with the confidence in the white dress, he does hit the ball and hits a home run, and then the team wins, and he's out of his slump, and he's all really happy, and the boy lives, I guess. Yeah, who knows? I don't. And remember. then he eats a hundred hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, and then he just eats. <laughs> yeah, he just eats a it's lot. So it's so like it, it's three fucking sticks. weird. Like it just suddenly suddenly he goes into a an eating frenzy for the rest of the book. And eat to the point where he's gonna die. He's just I gotta eat. I gotta eat all it of the, to the point, It eats to the point. No, he goes on that beach date with a memo, and they dri- they're driving back. She's driving, and she runs over a kid. <laughs> and then they just let that go. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, yeah. by the way. Ugh. Well, that was before the slump. That's what like puts him into the slump. Was child? Oh, was that put him in the slump? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think that was before the so slump. So much, kinda, like, so much weird like, shit happens. And then I was like, that was a, that was nothing. It was definitely a ghost that of a wasn't dog. Anything, yeah. it, was it was just a dog. Maybe that cried like a person. <laughs> and a they found out. They found out that like a team of PIs was following them to make sure that they'd be okay. And uh, they cleaned up the kid's body or some shit. That was really glossed over quickly in the book. I don't remember them also, cleaning up a dead body. A lot also, of you can tell over quickly. Also, you can tell that this book is from the fifties when go out for a drive is a thing you would do. Like, oh, that's like what they do for fun. Car. Let's just go drive. Like now. You wouldn't do that. You're not going to go. I'm. You wouldn't say, hey, honey, let's go sit in traffic. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's a great idea. Wouldn't that be romantic? I'm leaving you. If we're lucky, we could hit a kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But clearly, it's the 50s, and like just going for a drive is a thing. You know, We're just going to go do that. And it's on the way back that he lets, does he lets Memo drive. Memo yeah. drives. And she drives she 90 million miles an hour. Because he's falling asleep after eating all the fucking cheesesteaks yeah. in whatever state they're in. He's just, a, and, he's and just she like hits eating kid, himself yeah. to death for some weird reason. And he's like, go back. And she won't go back. She's like, no. no. He's like, no, no, no. Go, no. Go I down. have kids before. You don't go back. <laughs> so then basically the rest of the, uh, so then the, he hooks up with the woman in white, finds yeah, out her they, name they, is they, Somebody, a, a usher, or not usher, what, some person in the stands. Usher, I believe it's, it's pronounced. Usher? He makes her wanna. Passes her a note. And then finally goes out to meet her. And I think we should have another beer yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's one thing that'll help you fuck a fat girl. Chin, chin music? Beer. This one is called Chin Music by the late, great Shawn Michaels. He's not dead. 
You don't know he's not dead. So then Roy takes out this fat girl, and he plays the nuts on your chin music with her. And he bangs her. And he fucks her. And she's and like, while they're I banging, have a mother. She says, she's a grandmother. Well, first she says, like, I have a kid. And he's like, that's cool. Whatever. That because means you're going to give it up easy. Also, this whole time, Roy keeps talking about how he's 35, and he's going to, you know, he's old as shit. He doesn't have much time. Yeah, to play fuck him. <laughs> Who's, yeah, he's 35. I don't have much time left on this earth. And Iris is like, I'm 33. And he's like, that's cool. I'm 35. I was like, I've got a kid. Like, whatever, man. And then she's like, I'm a grandmother. He's like, I'm never going to touch you again. He was inside her. Yeah, he, was yeah. Pork, he was deep in that. He was balls deep. And she's balls. just like. <laughs> exponentially <laughs> old. He's like, whoa, that is some used up gash. <laughs> you got a grandkid. Which doesn't really make a whole no, lot of sense. Doesn't. No, she, probably, she probably had a baby Never. once and then hadn't had sex in 16 years. Because it was the old days. It's still good. <laughs> she lived in a nunnery. It's still good. <laughs> that is the voice of experience talking there. Such <laughs> a lot of grandmothers. You can't argue with decades of experience. It's like a pair of dry <laughs> curtains. Have you ever had a gum job? Right? It's nice. They teeth on your dick. <laughs> oh, man. So what's this beer? Chin music. <laughs> Which is... It's a single hop IPA with Seagull... Jason Seagull Ranch Chinook. <laughs> So, one thing I didn't so help you forget Sarah Marshall. One thing I <laughs> noticed about this book that was kind of interesting, or thinking about it, the book came out in 1952. Malamud was in his late 30s when this book came out, and this is his first novel. So it's like interesting kind of parallels or something between him and the main character, like the theme or the idea of, you know, like you don't have a lot of time to accomplish something, or you're like too late to start something is important to Roy, and it is certainly echoes Malamud's life. Though Malamud actually went on to have a very successful career. And Roy did not. Roy, spoiler, did not. So after he finds out oh, that wait. Iris is a grandmother. How do we feel about chin music? Oh, uh, it's good. It's a very good IPA. This is also very fresh, you can tell. So. Yeah, it's pretty... Oh, fuck That's you, nice. man. Keep knocking on my mic. It's pretty good. Um, I don't know what Chinook hops taste like. This per se? apparently because this is a single Same hop one, so this is it. Right, it's a single hop thing. But what would you say it tastes like then? What is that? What are we tasting here? It's hard for me to tell. I don't know. I get citrusy. Yeah, sure. It's it fine. tastes like an IPA, but not like so over the top bitter that it's a, so weird. It's like it's, it's it's slight. It's on the spectrum of regular beer, but like a little bitterer. It's definitely a full fledged IPA, but I think like that other half. Collaboration one, the all, all half, all royal, all everything. royal everything. That was awesome. That was very good. Yeah, that was, be- that was better than this one. And uh, did we ever talk about the five? Do we have number five? The big hazy? Where the hell is that one? That that one? Oh, we didn't drink that yet. No. Okay, good. Oh, did we not? Okay. All right, good. Because I was looking forward to that one too. It'll happen. Oh, it'll all happen. Is it risky to do a beer with just one hop, as opposed to blending? I think it's not. What do you mean by risky? How about that? Are you putting all your, your, your efforts in and hope that that one hop carries well, the I feel like beer? at this point they know which ones work and what they're like. Like, it's risky for us, yes, but if you do this every day, all day, you probably get a sense of what works. So all the blends, you know, they're there for a reason, to get the you know, better yeah, parts of one and, and meld it with the you know, stronger parts of another. Definitely, and like with IPAs, when they're putting three or four or five different hops, they're putting them at different times strategically. So some hops are being put there specifically for their bitterness. Right. Some hops are being put there specifically for their flavor and some for their smell and, and things like that. So not every hop would work as a single hop beer. 
Okay. So there are some hops that are multi-use hops, so they're good for bittering and for flavoring, and some that are really only good for one or the other. If you know that, I guess it's not very risky. Like, you'll still make an okay beer. Right. But I've never really had a single hop beer that I thought was amazing. You know, I never thought that were great. That said something. But maybe that's just me. Maybe I mean, I'm it's it's also like, if you're going to make a beer, some people are going to like it, some people are not going to like it. So maybe some people really like that one because they like that hop, whatever. Some people don't, whatever. It's There's so many fucking choices that... There are a lot. They might as well just like say, hey, what's going to happen with this one? Maybe. We're going to make it once and then it'll be gone in three months, whatever. All right. I think there's something I try to see as like a... should try to justify my drinking. I try to see this as like a vaguely educational kind of experience. I and you're like, to, oh, so now I know what Chino Cops taste like. You have to. Yeah. So the next time you buy a beer... It's like helicopters. And they're like... <laughs> Salmon. Is this salmon? That's, a type, that's, one, salmon, that's yeah. one of the types of salmon, yeah. Oh, yeah. Along with king and pink. Well, and a good fish beer. Um, uh, but yeah, so then you go, oh, when they're like, oh, this is this is dry hopped with blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh, I kind of know what that tastes like, so you know what you're getting. Right. And if you want to make your own beer, it's probably good to do that so you know. But, I mean, I think it's just a cool, it's like a cool advertising thing nowadays. Like, oh, it's a single hop beer. You see that a lot. I was at a bar recently, and they were like, oh, at a brewery, and they're like, we have this, this is our single hop, whatever. And I said, well, what's the hop? And he was like, oh, I don't know. But like, it's just, it's, it's it just was, a single hop beer. Like, well, which one? one? I don't know. Anyhow. Any, we picked one. Yeah, there are like 600 of them, man. Yeah, that's one. So I think, I think the idea, like the label single hop is kind of um, like a cool marketing thing. Sure. But I think this, one's, this is fine. Of the, of the IPAs we've had here, uh, it's, not, it's not blowing me over. Nate downed it, though. So, so he never fucks Memo. Well, Memo's a cock tease. He goes back to Memo's trying also, to she, fuck Memo. Memo's also just a terrible person. She is. Like, yes. all, the women wait, in the, all the women in this book are awful. And, and later, we get to another part where she's also really awful. But anyway, it goes back to trying to fuck Memo, and then, but, or, but can't. And then, he, this is when he gets into eating again. Where he's just, like, eating so much. <laughs> eats so I hate me. He eats so many hot dogs. He just eats and eats and eats. And then, uh, the team is... Hungry. So, the team is doing well. They're, like, and tied then, for first theme. Yeah, the they're, like, tied for first, and then Pop gives this whole speech about how I just need to win the pennant. And, and if then I, I can don't, die happy. And then well, I can retire, but if I don't, that means the judge who will take over total ownership. Is the judge the devil? <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this judge is also the devil. How'd you know? So you're a bad man. <laughs> so this I've got no hair. <laughs> you got to swing the, swing the ball. Swing at the ball, Nate. <laughs> Can so I touch Wonder a, Boy? He's a natural. Let's go scalp some people. Let's go scalp the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> the Indians, yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're not so waves now. <laughs> guy's done. Hey, he fucked a goat. No, okay. So, uh, <laughs> that man fucked a goat. We, we need to talk about who the judge was, actually. He's not really in it until the very end. Well, there's a scene he's with him. The he's the money guy. He, he owns like 51% of the team or something like that. Right. And, um,. He's a cheap motherfucker. And he's like, oh, all about making money, not about he's baseball. He's like the uh, the Florida Marlins owner. Did you guys ever hear about that? No, nope. no baseball people. Maybe mm-hmm. you remember that. The Florida Marlins won the World Series maybe in the early 2000s. Yep. And they were a, very, they were a new team, like an expansion team. Like, they were not a team before that. And they were a few years in, and they fucking won. And when they won, everyone was like, holy shit, they won. And the next year, the dude sold off everything. Sold off all their best players, bought out everything, just so he, he fucking... Just gutted the team for his own personal financial gain. And nice. they have never, ever been good again. They were nothing. They won the World Series once, and then they were garbage forever. Judges like that. That's kind of the deal. He's like, trades away good players, trades away shitty players, trades just anything to make money. And in fact, Roy Hobbs, when he's like killing it, goes to the judge and he's like, I want more money. And the judge is like, no. <laughs> he's just yeah, haggle. Dick, and he was getting very little. <laughs> and the judge dick. won't give him like anything. Well, Roy's a horrible negotiator. He, like, he really is not good at almost anything except hitting. Yeah. And not fucking memo. Every, every time he gets no. Not good at memo. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. 
Yeah, every time he hears no, he like lowers his price by a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I just well, how do you feel about four dollars a day? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, he's a Two dollars. How about I pay you to play baseball? <laughs> anyway, he goes back to eating. Uh, eating a ton, and then the team's doing well. He gets the speech about how from Pop about how he just really wants to win one World Series. Please, won't you help me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh no, no, that actually comes a little bit later. Uh, they and then Memo arranges a whole like dinner party, but it's not a dinner party. It's more like it's like a cocktail party. It's, it's a like cocktail snacks. party with a giant buffet of fresh food. That's what it keeps saying. And she's like, that'll fresh. get him. Food is fresh. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, really weird. And um, that's like his fucking Achilles heel is, <laughs> is, is food. Is antipasto. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes there, and she and he just eats and eats and eats and eats and eats so much that he hurts himself. Well, he, yeah. he eats there, then leaves, and eats some more. He eats yeah. six hamburgers. He goes yeah. and eats six hamburgers somewhere. After afterwards. eating a ton, yeah, at the party. So he eats so much. No, no, he, and then he eats six hamburgers, and then he goes back to the party. Yeah, and everybody's now like just trying to pick up girls and eat, not really eat hamburgers anymore. And he's like, this isn't my scene. <laughs> yeah, and then he has a pain in his stomach, and he's like, oh, God. I have to make. <laughs> <laughs> and so they bring Where's the bathroom? <laughs> Quick. <laughs> but that's not what happens. Instead, they bring him to the maternity hospital. Because he's given birth to baby Brown. Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently the, the cheap owner, he has a deal with the hospital because it's right next to the field. So they, they will treat all the players. But it's literally Roy Hobbs and a bunch of expecting mothers. <laughs> and like the obstetrician who comes to like look at Roy is like, well... You ate so much, you're going to die. You can't ever play you, baseball again because you, you're old. You have old man disease, and you could <laughs> never play baseball now. So just just relax and find a rocking chair for the next 50 years. 35-year-old old-timer. But then I like, can't eat. But it's like the, there's no medical thing said. No. It's just no. you can never play baseball again, sir. His heart, though. No, they say that he's got a, a, a bad heart that the strain of baseball would kill him. But like, Baseball's not that strenuous. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. It's like the what the, the Mickey Rourke movie, The Wrestler. It was not, not Mickey Rourke. Was it Mickey? Yeah, it was Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. It was. Whereas, like, if you keep wrestling, you'll your heart will explode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Except this was he's you, like, you ate like, too many cheeseburgers. <laughs> if you play baseball, you're gonna die. Oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but like, if if the stress of running after a fly ball is gonna kill you, like, how is that guy gonna go through like the rest of life? I'm sure his arteries look like shit. He's gonna he's gonna be dead in three years anyway. Because he ate all the hamburgers. He's the, he ate he's all the hamburgers in New York. He's the wimpy of, <laughs> of baseball. <laughs> so this is Big Hazy, which is from McKellar's San Diego. This is a hazy imperial IPA with lupulin powder, so it's werewolf. And it is 10.1% alcohol. Remus lupulin. Oh, my goodness. That is wonderful. I like that. That is really good. You get the same tropical <laughs> kind of flavors in there, citrusy kind of thing. It's not bad. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not an IPA dude, but this is... I'll believe it's, it's okay. It's not bitter, though. That's why it's No, it's, it's not bitter. That's, that's why I don't like IPAs, is they're fucking bitter as shit sometimes. Sometimes like and a contest. Like. This one even has something. There's something sweet. You get a little bit of a taste kind of thing. Maybe that's the lupulin sweet. powder. Lupulin is the... Made from real wolf. It's the um, the chemical on hops that makes them bitter. I guess the hops, the flavor, and stuff like that. It's 10.1%. Holy shit. Add more? What's that? They add more lupulin? Well, I think instead of adding... Instead so of like putting the hop and trying to like boil the stuff out of the hop cone... You just have a powdered thing. It's like very concentrated. It's MSG. Yeah. yeah. It's hop MSG. Yeah, sure. Just do a line of it. Entertain. This is very good. That's wonderful. It's lovely. It's like, it's like drinking a sunflower. A sunflower? This is like the spirit of a sunflower. <laughs> the soul of a sunflower. soul of a sunflower. Plants don't have souls. But they do have spirits. <laughs> so then um, Roy Hobbs is told he can never play baseball again. He's like, but wait, we're tied for first. How am I going to And this is memo. before the it's nonsense of the wild card is a thing. 
So he's got to, they got to play this tiebreaker thing. He's like, I can play, I got to play one more game. And the doctor's like, okay. In my medical opinion, you could play one more game. And he goes to play. And before he could play, he's approached by one-eyed Gus, the magic gambler. And Memo. That fucking bitch. Yeah. And they're like, you're going to throw the game. Well, first he's like, Memo, I want to marry you. And Memo says... I just can't be poor, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, right, just, yeah. I just can't be After poor. After everything, she's like, I'll do it, but you can never be poor. You got it. Michael, she's just basically <laughs> saying true, just fair, the yeah. worst. I just can't you, be you poor. You got to find enough money. Like, I don't you really even like you, but I'll marry you as long as you're not poor. Like, That's what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. No, that's a... Everyone's the worst. Definitely. He sort of like is like, oh my God, I have to make a whole shitload of money now. That way I can marry Memo and be happy. If he was younger, he would have turned back to his gigolo in ways, but since he's 35... It's not an option. He's going to be dead any minute of being yeah. a geriatric. So he's like, let me just throw the baseball game. Yeah, so that's why he, when, when they tell him, you know, well, uh, if we will give you money if you throw the, if you throw the game. If you throw the Gus. baseball game. One-eyed Gus. Was it who, somebody, and so Memo brings the message, what, from Gus, and then also a message from, uh, right. uh, also a message from uh, the owner, the judge. The judge. Right, and he's like, oh, well, we'll Go give you. Go to game. <laughs> We'll give you $35,000. It's the nature of man. And a much bigger contract. Baseball is holy war. I once made a baseball stadium by pissing onto some rocks and drawing lines in the sand. <laughs> uh, I hope you've listened to Have you to been our... my idiot? <laughs> He's munching on a turd. <laughs> That's Memo. That's Bump, Bump <laughs> Bailey, the turd muncher. Oh, we were talking oh, did you remember all those fucking like, weird dudes? You talking about like, the... Uh, the, uh, the rituals the baseball players would go through to like because they're superstitious and there was a guy who would touch his balls every time a bird flew over his head <laughs> it was like I, he probably didn't this guy, the up. one guy one guy never changes socks bump would change the threading in his socks and one guy touches balls every time a bird flew over his head <laughs> whatever whatever gets the job done I guess you know that's what works <laughs> so Roy when he's offered the money he agrees to take it and he was the greatest dancer that the world has ever seen with his tiny hands and feet. <laughs> <laughs> and he never sleeps. If you no. haven't listened the to our episode on Blood never. Meridian, <laughs> you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. The judge would not give him more than $5,000 a year, and he would never die. He would never die. No. <laughs> then he shot a bear. Right? He didn't shoot the bear. Someone else shot the oh, bear. Someone else shot the bear? It's been a while now. No, he never shot the bear. Oh, then the judge fucked the kid to death in an outhouse. Yep. The judge is quite corpulent. <laughs> <laughs> Roy, you won't have any money. I'm going to fuck you to death in an outhouse. <laughs> So Roy agrees to take the money, but then he gets the speech from Pop where Pop says, I just want to win the pennant and then I can retire. And then Roy is starting to have second thoughts. And then he goes into the game and then he sees Iris, the woman in white from before. And then he hits a foul ball into her face. He's trying, but he's trying to, he's trying to hit the midget with the foul ball. Right. There's a midget. The midget who is Bump Bailey's biggest fan who Who, hates Roy. Yeah. Yeah, He's been like shit talking Roy the whole season. Roy is like, I'm going to get this guy. And he keeps... Manage, managing to foul, hit the foul ball just in the way that it like hits the midget or almost hits the midget, and so finally on the last, <laughs> he is the natural man. Yeah, you yeah, can right. hit a midget in a baseball <laughs> with the, with the foul, right? You're yeah. good, man. And so the, the last time, instead of hitting the midget, he hits Iris, his grandmother. Because she's fat, she's yeah. hard to miss. <laughs> she sit the fuck down. It's I mean. like, it comes out that she's chubby, and he's like, she's kind of fat, but. I'm into that sometimes. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm a grandmother. I was like, I re- oh, and she writes him a really nice letter, and he throws it away when he sees the word grandmother. <laughs> he carries it around for weeks. He's like, I should read that. It's fucking taking up 80% of my pocket space. I should read that letter, but oh, that fat grandma wrote it. <laughs> Not well, ready. Like, literally, he's like, he came to the word grandma, and he threw it away. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This is so, it's a weird fucking book. Very weird. He's just an <laughs> asshole. Everyone's an asshole. Well, Except Iris. She's 
not bad. She's not an asshole. No. She's just a grandmother. She's just a fashion. But then he wails her in the face with a foul ball. Yeah. And they get the paramedics take her away. She's like, Roy. No, and he runs into the stands. <coughs> like, he runs into the stands and she's like, Roy, Roy, we're having a son. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally. Like, they could fucking tell that back then. Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. Did she say son just He kid. reached in, in the movie. Kid. She yeah. reached, she reached in and our... felt the penis. Or <laughs> <laughs> He's hung like you, Roy. I, I will name him Wonder Boy. I, f- I felt both inches. <laughs> and then he decides, I have to win the game. Wood. He decides he can't throw the game. Because he can't let down his son. Yeah. Also, so, he, needs, he needs to work for another year. Because <laughs> yeah, he's so going to have a son. Uh, and so he goes back into the game and tries his hardest to hit. And he's up. And it's the bottom of the ninth. And, and there's but, two outs. But he doesn't. He fucking okay. strikes out. He and they strikes lose. out. Didn't they change pitchers like in the middle of his at-bat? Yeah, because he was against a, like, a really good pitcher. But the really good pitcher is like... But you can't do that. You can't I mean, change pitchers in the absolutely, middle of an at-bat. Absolutely you can. You can. have the middle of an at-bat? doesn't yeah. happen often, but it can. But there has to be a reason. Like, someone has to be injured or something. No, no. Not you can do whatever you want. Really? You can change pitchers whenever you want. It, it's really rare, but it will happen. And you can see it when a, a pitcher's totally losing it. It's rare because they usually take them out when they fuck something up. Like, if oh, you got, they like, don't, he, they he, don't he let them just gave him a bunch of hits. He like, just gave him a hit, get him out. They're not going to take him out in the middle of an at-bat, usually. But there's nothing... There's nothing really? Rule, there's no rule against it. Of all the weird rules in baseball, like if you fucking hand in the wrong batting order card, you get out of bat. Like, but you could change a guy in the, the middle of an at bat. That just strikes me as ridiculous. Well, I mean, there's no strikes there's no real reason. It does strike me as ridiculous. Why? It's, like, it's, why it's not? a move that takes balls. It smells foul. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we should steroids. <laughs> we should have this weird last beer. Yeah, yeah. Let's have this weird last beer. What is this? Like this is the uh, McKellar oh, San Diego Raspberry Blush. It's a Berliner Weiss with raspberry and coffee. Flavors that I would not think go together. We were strongly recommended this by Sam last time we were here, and they still have it, so we're going for this shit. It smells like all the raspberries in the world. It looks like pee after you've eaten beet juice. Does beet juice do that to you? Yes. This definitely smells like coffee. You can you get a little bit of the coffee smell. I haven't tasted it yet. Hmm. I am that pleasantly is, surprised. You know what? I hate raspberry, and I hate coffee, but this is not the worst. God damn it. It's crazy enough to work. Yeah. It's just like they cancel each other out in terms of shitty flavors for me. I don't get a lot of coffee out of this. I don't either. I get a little bit. It's, it's, it's just, just, just a little. like a hint. Maybe they like cut the fucked upness of a raspberry. Yeah, raspberries are stupid. It's the shittiest berry. Uh, I believe dingleberries are the shittiest berries. <laughs> <laughs> By definition. Pretty that's sure those are the that's shittiest. That's true. I forgot about that. The dingleberries, when they're in season, they're quite shitty. <laughs> Usually the day after. <laughs> when they're well aged. This is surprisingly good. I thought I was going to hate this. I thought this was going to be terrible. This I would not it drink a lot of this, but this is actually not bad. It's interesting. It's just a little tart, like just enough. It's that not it's not as tart as a real yeah. raspberry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's cut with the coffee and the beer. <laughs> what this reminds me of is the other slightly tart raspberry beer we had, the one called Is This Beer? Is oh, the yeah. what tasted actually a lot like yeah. this. I remember oh, that. I agree, yeah. I, I, I actually bought that one later, like for home use, and it was just like, Look, I need to remember what this is like. And it's like, this is, it's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, what was it, Stillwater? Yeah, they make weird stuff. Very. Stillwater artisanal. So Ray tries to win, and that's like the major, I mean, there are other changes, of course, in the film, but they, by, you know, casting a 55-year-old man as a 34-year-old man. But he, was I remember 55? He's like 80 now. I mean, the movie's yeah. 30 years old. Right. Maybe 35, well, I mean, maybe He was 40s. clearly older he's than 35. He's timeless. I mean, he's a hunky dude. The big change, as Nate pointed out, is that so, Memo fucks him. So in the movie... In <laughs> the Memo, movie is much happier from what I've heard. In the movie, Memo 
definitely fucks him, like, without hesitation. And my feeling is they had to change that in the script because what woman would turn down Robert Redford? None. So it just... Zero women would turn down The movie would not be believable. The premise of Indecent Proposal, isn't it? Right? The movie would... Oh, shit. (laughs) This is the sequel. uh, That's the sequel to this movie. Yeah. When he's, when he's older, he stopped eating cheeseburgers. He didn't die right away. Is that Michael? Wait. Oh, yeah. Michael Douglas, I'm, th- I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Glenn Close movies. That's a basic... No, basic instinct was Tarantino. What's the one where Glenn Close is crazy? Oh, uh, shit. Fatal yes. Attraction. Fatal Attraction. So anyway, the movie would not have been believable. Is Demi Moore in Indecent Proposal? Is that who it is? He fucks, That's the woman, yeah. 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 He's like, do you want to fuck me or Woody Harrelson? She's like, whoa. Well, I want to fuck a guy who can talk. <laughs> or a guy who, who was the second bartender at Cheers. <laughs> So they changed that. They changed that, yeah. And at the end, so and the other another thing they changed in uh, the movie was that uh, uh, Roy Hobbs turns down the money. He like he, he just literally brings the money up to the office with the judge and says, "Hey, I think you forgot something," and throws it at him. Like he doesn't even pretend that he's going to take it. He like immediately turns it down emphatically because he's such a fucking badass. Yeah, exactly. He's naturally cool. And then also in the movie, Iris is not just some random woman. It's a someone he knew back from home. Was she way still back. a grandmother? Well, she had a kid. So when he sees her in the stands, it's like, oh, are you believed in me? And and, and she and she just says, yes, I have you a child. You did more than that in May. And I put yeah. it in you. <laughs> it turns out it is his child, the one that she actually had 15 years ago. It was actually his, but he left. You know. I feel like the movie is like almost much si- sickeningly positive. Much happier. Much more. Because uh, this, this book, nothing good ever happens. Really oh, you dark fucked up that girl. That wasn't bad. How thick is Iris in the movie? <laughs> it's, it's Glenn Close. What? Oh, really? It's Wait, Glenn Close. Who's, me- who's Memo, then? Memo is uh, Kim Basinger. Basinger. What? Wow, wow. he's getting yeah. some top-shelf cash. Yeah, for, you know, 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Basinger's that old? She was, she was a bit young then. Yeah, yeah, she was young. She's not a redhead. No, she was blonde in the movie. And also, Glenn Close yeah, would never, ever be called fat. No. No. Yeah. So, in the book, he totally, like, the Hollywood. next day, after, after he tries to win the game... I thought it was like the day of. So he has like the day of. Yeah, you're right. He tries it's to like win. The, it's the extra, extra. So he after he <laughs> tries to win the game, but then fails. In, the story comes out immediately that oh, he took money to try and throw the game, and then and then and you the know, judge is like, hey, here's your money. But remember when I said next season we'd pay you a lot of money? Go fuck yourself. You didn't yeah. lose hard enough. Exactly. Right. Uh, and the story comes out that yes, he he took the money, and they discovered the, about the woman sick. shooting him 15 years ago. Because he's been trying to hide his backstory. Yeah. Oh the whole yeah, they're trying to hide it. Max something. Max Mercy. Who is a journalist. And like found out that at some point he worked as like a, like a rodeo clown or something ridiculous. Yeah. He had like a stupid job yeah. in the intervening years. Oh, no. Like, Where did this guy come from? But I also, the book ends when the newspaper boy gives him that thing and says, Say it ain't so, mm-hmm. which is a reference to Shoeless, to Joe. Shoeless Joe Jackson. When Whoa. he threw the World Series, he says, Say it ain't so, Joe. Wow. Yep. And it ends. He says, The same thing. All baseball is the same. Forever. And you're out of here. All right. So, <laughs> so he, uh, he's out. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how it ends. Baseball books. And then everybody died. Well, yeah, by now, yeah. I mean, I guess he's got, like, a kid, and he's going to go get with that grandmother. If he's not, he's, like, constantly, like, watching her at the tops of staircases, and he's, like, just, like, one shove, and then... (laughs) Just break her hips. Get off the hook right now. (laughs) Oh, no. Iris, you okay? (laughs) All right, let's, let's see how that worked out. So, is Roy a bitch? Good question. He's an arrogant fuck. I mean, that's like the big thing in the book. Yeah. I don't think he's a bitch. He's, he's, he's definitely hubris. a he's definitely a douchebag. He's just arrogant. He, he that's that's his flaw. He could he be cares the greatest too much ever. about himself. It's not about the love of the game. It's not about winning. He's it's a about his stats. He wants to be the greatest, and he that's why he play fails. Baseball. He wants to fuck baseball. And memo. 
Yeah, and, and he and never fucks because he comes so close. But he's eating oh, too yeah, many. He's che- about he's to eating too many cheeseburgers, <laughs> and he just passes out and throws up. <laughs> and that's when they bring him to the hospital. She's right, finally right. about to like fuck him, and he's had too many cheeseburgers. Because <laughs> America. How and many that's... fucking cheeseburgers does it take for you to pass out? That is a very American pastime, right there. Right, like, <laughs> the guy who plays baseball eats too many hamburgers to fuck a hot woman, <laughs> and then he cheats. That baseball. reminds me, this last weekend, it's a baseball player. It's very famous. I've known about him for a long time. I never realized his last name is Pujols. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, holy shit, that guy's last name is Pujols. <laughs> Alberto Pujols. <laughs> He's like, one of the biggest, and I never, ever thought about it. the biggest Pujols? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a badonkadonk. Got a giant Pujol. <laughs> So I mean, arrogance is the thing here. That's why he loses. He's like a fatal, his, his, you know, his flaw. Like he's a this heroic character. We were talking. Like, there's like thing online you read about. It's like the story of Percival or some oh, next the, the yeah. table uh, bullshit. The Fisher King and yeah, yeah. Pop mm-hmm. Fisher and all that shit. Probably true. And the since Malamud was like a creative writing professor his whole life, he probably did. How many illusions can I put into this book about assholes? Who holes they're called? <laughs> so <laughs> many <PG-13>. holes. <laughs> I like the book. I mean, it certainly felt dated as shit. All, oh, yeah. all but I enjoyed the, it. All of the stuff about women was dated as shit. I know. It was just like, wow, this is violently sexist. And there was only one Latin American player on this team. That's very, very old and baseball. Kept, but and he also, also spoke with like him the ridiculous Mex. accent. He's like, yeah. he's like, Roy, don't you see? <laughs> Jesus Cristo. Ay, caramba. <laughs> Como? Like his, his, Roy, how many tacos do you want me to eat before the game? <laughs> his, his dialogue is written in ridiculous accents, too. Was this like pre-integration, too? So It's true, yeah. When was Jack well, Robinson? No, Jack Robinson in like the 40s, right? No, no, no. It wasn't that early. Was it? Was it 50s? I don't remember. Was Actually, I don't know. Oh, my God. If only there was a way we could find out. If only there was a device we carried in our pockets that had all the information Nate's got, a full, Nate's got a full device. Oh, 47. 15, 1947. Suck my there dick. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So there's one Hispanic guy. And they're like, listen, okay. Paco, we need you to play muy bueno baseball today. <laughs> and he's like, see? Sí? Like, when you run the bases, andale, arriba. <laughs> so it was like super ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> like, we lost today, Felipe. Por qué? <laughs> And they use like you know, really like derogatory ways to describe them. Oh, he's such a hard worker. Like you know, like, that's not derogatory to be a hard worker. I mean, think about how like you know, like, he's the, the Mexican. Mexican. Yeah, yeah like, Mexican like, workers are like, oh, but they're hard workers, man. Like, oh, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because it's like he's kind of he's this, that, and the other, but he's, he's a, a hard, hard worker. worker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he could pick the fuck out of a strawberry. <laughs> it's he's a, he's migratory or, on the basis. Or a raspberry <laughs> with coffee. Ooh. Oh. Guatemala, was he Guatemalan? <laughs> the beans? He fucking might have been. See, it was, it, it, ridiculous. It, it, it was <laughs> exceptionally dated in some ways. But the story, you know what, I found it still, I mean, I, I was able to just kind of accept, like, this is an old book. I thought yeah. it was fun to read. It wasn't distracting. It was occasionally moments of, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, the nipple tweaking and the borderline rape. Get that, get that quote out. We have to talk about that. Oh, the eyes? The greatest line in the, in the book. And then we could be done. There's a line in the book that I could not stop laughing at reading it. And it was because it's dated and it's super unintentional. Where they talk about. <laughs> this is the most like, important line in the this whole is book. It. This is what we're going to end on. Iris waking up after getting porked by Roy, I think is the setting. Getting another grandkid put in her. <laughs> and. Giving <laughs> birth to her own grandchild. <laughs> the kid is born pregnant. <laughs> um, it's like a fetuses. Iris wakes up and this is, this is the line. To just like hear this, right? She had been gazing at the stars through her window, unaware. Just when they were, they, yeah, just when they dissolved into summer rain, although she remembered opening a brown eye in time <laughs> to see 
in time to see the two-pronged lightning plunge through a cloud and spread its running fire in all directions. If that's not a direction, a description of intense diarrhea, <laughs> when your brown eye opens and intense fire and lightning pours out. It was the night before on their date. They had Taco Bell. <laughs> they were with uh, they Rodrigo, an, the third entire, baseman. <laughs> they had an entire crave case. That's from fucking White Castle. Took a shit in a field. Do you guys know that this is like only the second time we've read a direct quote from a book on the podcast? I think the other time we've been fooled when we read yeah, all the yeah. insults. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's true. We stick to the important ones when <laughs> yep. they call someone a poxied cunt, and when you talk about their brown eye shitting <laughs> out diarrhea shit lightning. fire brown eye, yeah. What did brown eye mean in the day? I mean, it's she, she has a brown eye. Brown eye. <laughs> That's what he's literally saying. She opened her brown eye, like one eye, but he wants to make it a little more descriptive. She opened her brown eye, and it went... <laughs> yeah. that, that's good writing. That's, that's what a literature professor would do. Yeah, put a little brown eye. It's a metaphor for how full of shit they are. <laughs> so uh, symbolism. Yeah. I thought the book was fun. I don't give a flying fuck about baseball, honestly. But As I a like baseball the... fan, it's a great book. So like, we glanced over. We didn't even talk about all the scenes that we described the at bat and how the play goes. It's actually really, really well written for that. So if, you, if you're a fan of baseball, you can picture this game. You can imagine what it's like. Uh, so that pulls you in. You're right. It's not a happy story at all. No. But the baseball scene Everyone's terrible. Well, I don't know. It's fun. I'm going to read his other stuff. Malamud won some other big awards on a Pulitzer and shit. I'll check him out his books out at some point. I'm not turned off. And if he's uh, super sexist, then, you know, he's dated. And he says interesting thoughts on brown people and women. <laughs> <laughs> Good old days. <laughs> so uh, if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on uh, Twitter at DrunkGuysBC and let us know. Or send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Guys Book Club. Thanks uh, again to McKellar uh, NYC for hosting us and to our friend Eli for joining us today who will be back in uh, at other points I'm sure. And uh, and if you're drunk enough to listen this far please give us a rating and just round up to five right. stars. Yeah, round up to five. That's the most stars. All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.